how I see God is the greatest indicator of how I see myself. How I see myself is often the greatest reflection of how I'm going to treat others. And so the interconnectedness of our relationships with God, ourselves, and others, with our spouse being the primary reflection of that, practice ground of that, is just so simple. And we will spend a lifetime maturing into the depth of that. Welcome back to Adventure Parenting with Grace. I am Lori Donahue, and this is the Gospel Parenting Podcast, where we will walk with you through the joys of parenting and the most painful challenges so you can rise with courage, practical strategies, and hope to parent with purpose. How many times have you not kept a promise to your kids, or have you yelled at them and immediately known that you were a bit out of control and maybe showing some anger? And then how about the guilt and shame afterwards? And then after that, it's pretty much a downward spiral. In this podcast, we're continuing our conversation with Robbie Angle, and he really goes deep into things that we really would rather brush over. He covers the source versus the symptoms of our lack of trusting God. And he talks about forgiveness and vulnerability in a way I think will open your eyes to things that you haven't thought about in your parenting. If you haven't listened to part one of Ditch the Mask and Trust Instead, go back and listen to that before you continue. That will give you the background because he jumps right in where we left off. But I really want to get into today's podcast because it is so, so good. Without any more talk, let's hop in and listen to part two of Ditch the Mask and Trust Instead. That's where my passion in life is to really take the time to walk with people to identify the source issues because you can do the symptoms all day and it's like paint on a whitewashed tomb or whatever. The glass, the outside glass is clean, the insides. Getting to the source is an identity thing, which takes a lifetime of maturing of God. Like, do I really trust you with my kids, with my spouse? Um, I don't. Therefore, I'm going to go to the side of what I can do to make it happen through fear or anxiety or whatever. So the Mm -hmm. source is connected to identity and theology. Mm -hmm. And that's where the good stuff is. And symptoms take care of themselves if you get the source right. But in the meantime, symptoms, best practices, going to a counselor, coach, wise mentor, friend to learn how to stop the bleed in your communication and the way you're dealing with your wife putting on your calendar, monthly date night, a quarterly time away to get away for a night. All that stuff is awesome. But mm-hmm. it, it is improvement, not transformation. Transformation mm-hmm. comes from the, the other stuff. Right. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. One of the things that I have been really passionate about for people is to know God, to know who he is, to know his character. I think that feeds right into what you're saying. It's like we can't trust God, unless we really know his character and study his character. The same way we should study our spouse, first we should study God and his character, and then we know who it is that we can trust. Yes, with a disclaimer. All right, what's the disclaimer? I I think there's a subtlety in that that is significant, Mm -hmm. that at least in my Christian upbringing, Knowledge equals intimacy and no more, read more, you know, and that will lead to a deeper relationship with God. 
And I know your understanding of grace. And so I'm teasing this out for us, like as a practice of this, that truth does not transform. Mm -hmm. Trusted truth is what transforms. So truth is we can read, memorize scripture, know all about God and be in our head and miss mm-hmm. the gospel entirely. True. Tru- how, how we move from truth into trusting truth in order to experience transformation is when we actually trust it. We, we like, okay, God, if this is about you, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to invite you in. If, if I believe the, the word of God, the voice, not scripture, is alive mm-hmm. and active, and that we have the Holy Spirit that Jesus says is better than walking with Jesus. If we actually believe that truth, we can learn about it all day long. But what does trusting that truth look like? It means I'm going to faithfully change my prayer life to actually listen to God and see if I am. If Jesus says I can hear from him and the Spirit will guide me and give me the words to say, and Jesus modeled living on behalf of what the Spirit says, do I actually believe that? Well, you can know about it, but mm-hmm. for most of my life, when I say relationship with God, I haven't meant that. I don't know what that means. It, right. It's been, I know a lot about God. I went to seminary and it's like, but if I'm being honest, relationship, like I put air quotes because it's like, it wasn't a relationship. It was a knowledge bank mm-hmm. and a framework for how I should live life. But just in the past season, it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much more. And that is unlocked when we trust truth. That leads to transformation. Mm -hmm. And so it's, am I going to listen over and over and over again and trust that subtle whisper of the spirit? Am I really going to bring my fears, anxiety, controls to God and leave them with him and ask him, what do you have for this? What do you want me to know? What do you want me to do, God? And listen to that and trust that. That is the good stuff. And our churches are full of us me included, who know more and know, can quote, read all kinds of stuff. And again, I'm a professional Christian, but that is very different from freedom, peace, transformation. And somebody listening to this right now is going, oh my gosh, is this guy speaking the longings of my heart to actually experience God's love? for peace and freedom that I have not known, but I don't know another way. And I've been a faithful Christian for 20 years and I just feel stuck. There is more. And I hope you listen to that stirring of the spirit that do you actually believe what Jesus said we have access to? Because a lot of my Christian friends and a lot of my life, I haven't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. That was a squirrel off of the like (laughs) knowledge piece of like, well, knowledge is good. But yeah, I've been in three or four different denominations, basically. And each of them has some really strong points. But exactly what you're saying is to settle in on that real relationship and the relationship that involves trust is what makes all the difference. And the interconnectivity is so simple and so amazing of our God. God, a relational God by his nature, made us in his image Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit made us in his image to experience relationships of love and the interconnectedness simplified by the great commandment to love God and love others is brilliant because it's like how I see God is the greatest indicator of how I see myself. How I see myself 
is often the greatest reflection of how I'm going to treat others. And so the interconnectedness of our relationships with God, ourselves, and others, with our spouse being the primary reflection of that, practice ground of that, is just so simple. And we will spend a lifetime maturing into the depth of that. And just to unpack what I mean by that, think about pretty simply, the way I've seen God a lot of my life is low-grade disappointment waiting for me to get a little bit better, right? He's yeah. just, he's with a clipboard, a little bit of a judge, a little disappointed. And a lot of times how our parents set a precedent for how we see God. And so I saw God that way. So how do you think I see myself? Through a lens of shame, through you're not good enough, not far enough, not doing enough. So what Christianity then looks like, if I see God that way and I see myself that way, is more right behavior plus less wrong behavior equals godliness. Now, how does that affect my relationship with other people? Well, if I see myself through a lens of shame, then I'm hidden, I wear a mask, I keep people at a distance, and I project expectations onto them. I'm low-grade disappointed on my team, on my kids for not doing more, being better. The interconnectedness of view of God, self, and others is an example there. Now, if as I matured, this is source issue stuff, in a clearer vision of how I see God, if I see him as a loving father who just loves me and he likes me just the way I am, and that what Jesus did actually I experienced salvation, but most of us stop at salvation of like, I'm good now, I'll go to heaven. But I experience also sanctification, meaning I am a new creation imparted with his righteousness. So now my identity is as a beloved, loved, liked son of the king. I am a saint who occasionally sins, not a sinner striving to be a saint. If I see myself as a saint, perfectly righteous, imparted with the righteousness of Christ, Holy Spirit in me, then I can lead with vulnerability. I can, out of that, out of that security, I can be myself. I can be intimate with others. I can serve others because I'm not as needy, focused on protection and fear and control, pride. Mm -hmm. It looks like humility. It looks like love. And man, the, the ripple effects in our wives and kids are the primary recipients of where we're at. And those are two examples of the interconnectedness and how central this source issue of identity is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That vulnerability, it's hard. It's hard to go into a situation and sacrifice maybe what you think is your own strength. I mean, it's really hard to go in and be vulnerable, well, with your spouse, for sure. And then with your kids, it's like you want to be the strong. You want to be their parent. You want to be their tower of strength. But you can't do that when you're really vulnerable. So how do you balance that? Vulnerability does take courage and intentionality, but I would ask everybody listening to this to think about your most intimate relationships. There's a vulnerability of being fully known in order to be fully loved because we can only be loved to the degree that we're known. Therefore, vulnerability is tightly correlated to your ability to experience love and intimacy which is why we're made and what we long for foundationally above anything else to be known, to be needed, to be loved, to have significance. So if if we just think about our relationships, all of us and our relationships are at different levels of intimacy and connection. There's a really tight correlation between vulnerability and that. And there's a tight correlation between vulnerability and identity. 
do I see myself through a lens of shame of a sinner trying to be better to a disappointed God? Mm-hmm. Or do I see myself as a saint, a beloved son of God that I get to love you and you can know the best of me or the worst of me uh, as a new friend, Lori, because I'm secure in my identity. I'm partnered with his righteousness. So I'll tell you all my stuff because my identity is secure in him and not needing to be validated or affirmed by you, which would force me to present a false self, pose as some like guy who's got it together. And the, the shame is where when we wear a mask, it's the mask that receives the love. It's not us because it's between you and I and you're loving the pre- presentation of Robbie that I'm like, hey, I'm a ministry leader and this and that. And aren't mm-hmm. you impressed, Lori? And we miss out on what we're longing for, which is connection. Right, right. Oh, that's really, that's really good. Thanks, Lori. So coming off of that, how do we demonstrate that forgiveness and grace in the household. How do we do that in a practical way? I know it starts with the heart. So the real, the most practical thing is to receive that grace and love in a true sense. And so then how do we share it? I hear you, Lori. You're going, okay, Robbie, bring it to practical. (laughs) It's way up here. Let's bring it down. Pull it up to practical. (laughs) I love that because... What is the ratio of coaching, teaching, fixing our kids to affirmation and vulnerability? I think if there's one practical tip that I think changes the game, look for every opportunity you can to apologize to your kids, to verbalize an area of growth or opportunity for you to grow or a struggle that you have. Look for every single opportunity to model vulnerability to your kids. So practically that I would ask everybody thinking right now, when was the last time you apologized to your kids and verbalized with them, told them an area of your life that you are asking God to help you mature in, meaning Mm -hmm. you're not perfect and you're working on it and you need God's grace and a new every day. Because if they do not see you do that, they will not go to God and receive his grace or think that they need God's grace either. They will go on their own. Because Mm -hmm. if you can't think of it the last time you specifically eye to eye apologize for your kid for not loving them well or verbalize with them something uh, that you're struggling with that you're asking God to do, find a reason to do that. It can be casual in the car. Just be like, man, I've been struggling with this. do you have any ideas? Or they'd be like, what? Wait, what? Or will you pray for me? Depend on their age or just say it or apologize. Do that today. If you're listening to this, find a reason, even if it has to be fabricated, start practicing that muscle of modeling vulnerability. And you can do that through asking forgiveness. And you can do that through sharing with them an area that you are struggling with or that you hope to grow in today. Mm -hmm. do that. And that will be one of the greatest blessings to your kid. As I think back to my own childhood, my dad was awesome. He was on student staff with Young Life and he had an anger problem with me as his firstborn high stubborn, high drive son. He was a firstborn son. His dad had a bigger anger problem with him. I am Robert Bruce Angle III. And (laughs) I was the one that got the anger out of my dad. And I'm also, as a professional counselor, work with a lot of men I have such a minor father wound, which I'm not even allowed to say as a men's ministry guy, because all of us have father wounds, but mine's so minor because of all the anger stuff 
in hindsight, it's like, whatever. I watched him. He cried in front of me multiple times as a 6'3 attorney, successful, wow. going, Robbie, I'm trying. I'm sorry. This mm-hmm. is hard on me. Will you help me? He goes, hey, do you want to try this thing that if I feel like I'm getting angry, like, what are your ideas, Robbie? What can you do to help me? I, rem- I-, I remember I was probably 15 sitting on the back porch and him asking forgiveness and watching him be so sad that he lost his temper again with me. That modeling of the need of grace and forgiveness was exponentially more impactful on my life in the modeling Mm -hmm. of that than the hundreds of times he lost his temper throughout my childhood. So do that today, practically. That's good. That's Yeah, that's really good. I had an angry mother and Mm. she never resolved it. Mm. And for me, it came around to me recognizing that it was not me recognizing that her anger came from whatever happened in her life that made her that way. And I don't even know for sure what that was. But the Lord worked really well in my heart to resolve that. But I didn't have the benefit like you did. It takes longer to process those things when Mm -hmm. our parents don't do it for us and model that. Mm -hmm. And that's the gift, regardless of where we're at, if we're doing great or not good. If you're struggling as a parent and as a spouse, this is the easiest assignment for you because you get to go apologize to your wife and your kids and model this thing. So all of us can take a step. And just like any maturing process, God is not opposed to training. He's opposed to trying. So get a rep in today. Go to the gym of vulnerability and, and do one of those things with your wife and your kids. And try it again next week or next month. And just if we do, that will change the game. And just grow. We start small. We do something one time and then it gets easier. The more we do it, the easier it gets. That's right. That's really good. Really good. All right. I'm going to stop there for now. And uh, before I tell you what's coming, I want to remind you that we are working on our Thanksgiving programming, and I want you to participate. It will make such a good program if you or your kids would send in an audio, just something off your phone, to the email address that I provide, and just tell us about a favorite memory, funny, sentimental, whatever you want it to be, and or something that you're just really thankful for. And we will include that. And as a thank you, I want to send you a gift. And that will be a kid's hardcover picture book. We have four to choose from. And everybody in the family who sends a clip will get one. So I'm really looking forward to see what you will send. And I'm really looking forward to putting it together for a wonderful Thanksgiving podcast. So now let's look forward to what Robbie Angle is going to bring us next week. And he will wrap up with a few more practical tips. And he will talk about the spiritual healthiness of your family. He will talk about authentic relationships and the pressures that we put on ourselves. And then how to understand one another so much better and improve our communication between parents and between kids. So come back next week and remember to rest in the Lord this week. 